0: Locked on Boston College, JJ Black here. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and happy Monday for all of you who are listening to this live on YouTube. Reminder that we do this live uh, for our shows on YouTube exclusively if you want to get them the day of uh, the recording. So check that out. Now, I thought it would be fun to open up the mailbag, and fun being a uh, the word of choice here. Uh, I knew it would get pretty nasty, and um, uh, you guys were very raw and you definitely were as you shot over questions to me some of them are questions to ask some were more comments that you made and hey i will respect the comments that you made because i think some of them are funny to add to so we're going to go through the questions we'll go through some of the comments that you made uh as we open up the mailbag if you're listening on youtube right now hit the question the comment section up if you want to ask a question make a comment i love uh the comment feature on here you can put them up on the screen so um if you're listening let's make it interactive so go ahead and ask uh add your your thoughts to today's show so the first question comes from baldwin the anonymous sicko who says what do you need to see the rest of the year to give you confidence that this is just a one-off bad season and not a program that lost momentum separately. Fans all have thoughts on what Jeff should do as a coach, but in your opinion, have you seen any suggestions worthwhile listening to a great questions two-part question here by Baldwin? And I want to get into both. Um, Where do we, where do you go from here? Right? Well, there's still eight games left. There's still a lot of football to be played and yeah, BC probably won't be going to any bowl games, but there's still ways that you can build momentum to the end of the season. First and foremost, the offensive line. Yes, you know they are young, and I would love to see them progress because now you know you know the big thing with an offensive line is they need the time to gel together, to learn the communication, to to see, uh, you know what they're each other, their strengths and weaknesses. How do they handle certain situations, whether it's stunts, blitzes, whatever's coming up? Be able to do that. Uh, consistently, so I'd love to see a guy like, and I'm going to go with the specific ones Drew Kendall, Ozzy Trapillo. Love to see the two of them become more um, consistent. They're uh, Kendall and Trapillo are are heading in that right direction, but are they like you know, guys are going to talk about it's all ACC next year? No. But there's eight games to go, and both of those guys have only started four games. So they have an opportunity now to really build on that, on the offensive side, offensive line. Because now you consider that, right? Those two guys play well. You're getting Christian Mahogany back. You know exactly what you're getting there. That You know, what do you do with those other two spots? That's a, that's a question for another day. But you at least have three-fifths of your line basically locked down for next year. Love to have that kind of uh, lined up. On the other side of the ball, I would love to see the linebackers continue to improve. That's you know, like if we're looking for like the golden, like you know, the golden parachute or whatever we're going to talk about here in terms of like, you know, if the season's still going off the rails, what what signs of improvement do you want to see? I want to see Cam Arnold do better. Uh, You know, he's been up and down. The game against Florida State was a big down game for him. He got he got exposed bad. Bryce Steele, on the other hand, had a great game—not uh, great, but good game against um, Florida State. He was the highest-ranked Eagle on, on both the offensive and defensive side, according to Pro Football Focus. So, love to see some more consistent play out of them, and see what you have in Jalen Blackwell as well. And I think that's kind of another thing. You know, Halfley has two two and a half years of his guys there, um, and I love to see him get the opportunity to continue to add to. Uh, you know the playing experience for those guys. You know guys like Blackwell on the defensive line. I love to see what Quan Williams gets to do more often, or Owen Stodmeyer. And then the secondary—I know he was sick. I think I said he was sick. Amari Jackson. Uh, what can he do? And, and and ball, the same thing, right? You get those kids out there, get them valuable game experience when you can. Um, and that all depends on where the season's going because I know things were really, really bad against Florida State and. Yeah, I'm not going to be naive to say that things are going to get any better against Clemson or Wake Forest or NC State or Notre Dame or Syracuse. It's going to be ugly, I think. But you know, getting some getting the 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 play calling in the right direction. You know, figuring out what your offensive scheme is going to be because I haven't seen a consistent play out of them to to really say what we're watching there. But, you know, like get, get your COVID comfortable out there, figure out something that they can do successfully. You know, they've got plenty of time to figure that out, plenty of time to, you know, continue to grow. I think that's what I would love to see. And to, and and those are my suggestions too, right? My, my suggestion that I think, and I've said it all along ball when the the anonymous sicko is I want to see Halfley adjust. I don't want to see. And I think, you know, I saw BCI had that article about, you know, we want Adazio back or whatever the hell that was. No, I, I, one of the big issues with Adazio was he was so pigheaded about what he wanted to do. He never adjusted to anything and he just kept doing the same thing over and over again, accepting, you know, the, the definition of insanity, expect, accepting different, expecting different results, but doing the same thing over and over again. Halfley is a young coach. And what I want to see him do is adjust. And that's on the field and off the field. I want to see him be able to you know adjust in the transfer portal right maybe he he's he's watching what's going on on that field and saying you know I have to figure out a different way of doing this because what I did didn't work and you know what I I respect that if that's what he has to do um or in terms of game scheme you know get scheming you know what 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 changes does he have to make on the offensive and defensive side of the ball I want to see him adjust I want to see him figure it out I, You know, at press conferences and over again, whenever he says he all one of his default answers to a lot of things is this is my fault and I got to change. And I always ask him, what do you mean by that? Because it's a pretty vague answer. Uh, It's an interesting one. And he'll tell you if you ask him like specifically, like, what did you do wrong? But, you know, I, I think that's something I'd like to see. So Baldwin, there's a lot of questions, but that was that was a great question. I could do a whole episode on Baldwin's question there, but thank you so much. Oliver Lee, who I've not had a chance to see here on our podcast for a question before, says, who do you honestly think will be the starting quarterback for BC next year? And this is a question that I've been thinking about recently, and I kind of alluded to it during my episode with Mitch yesterday. You know, I said that Djokovic has no chance, I think, right now of being an NFL quarterback. He's shown nothing this year. He's, You know, I, I have... Uh oh, uh, anyway, I forgot to put it up. I have a little banner here that says, you know, David Hale said that Djokovic is the lowest he has the lowest quarterback ranking in the ACC right now. Now, that that and so, you know, a guy with injury history who isn't playing well, he's not going to get drafted. So, I I was looking at his stats and I was like, "Oh, you know what? We haven't really talked about this. He has an extra year of eligibility left." Could he come back next year? I don't think he will. I, I get the sense, and this is just me, that if Dracovic is available, if he has an extra year of eligibility, it wouldn't strike me as odd if he enters the portal again. You know, does he go and re uh, does he reunite with Frank Signetti at Pitt? Because I, I don't know if uh, Keaton Slovis is done after this year, wouldn't surprise me, he gets to play at home uh, or some other team. I mean, maybe he just needs a fresh start, you know, he after getting beat so badly this year, does he go for another team? That's, a, that's only something that Djokovic could say, but that being said, if I was a betting man, if I, if bet online had a, uh, a pull, like, you know, it will for Djokovic be the quarterback in 2023. I'd say absolutely not. I'd bet. I take that bet in a second. So that brings up two things. And it kind of goes back to Baldwin's question, Who, you know, does Halfley go with Emmett Moorhead? I know a lot of fans are really high on Moorhead. I'm not sold on him yet. I mean, yeah, he made some really nice plays against a light box. But what is he going to look like when he has guys in his face? Because last year did not show me that he was ready yet. And I I need to see more before I say that. But that goes back to my thoughts about Halfley, right? If Moorhead isn't ready, if he needs another year, remember, this is a kid that hasn't played a whole lot of football. You know, he's been playing more recently, but he didn't play a lot in high school. Maybe he needs one more year. I would hope that Halfley either thinks he has someone else on the roster, which I don't know who that would be, um, or he goes to the transfer portal and deals with it. So that would be an adjustment right there. Like if Morehead's not ready, if Morehead's not your guy, do you have the guts to go out there and maybe upset him to go get another guy for a stopgap for a year? Every I mean, how many programs are doing that right now? BC should be able to do that if they need to. If it takes one more year to get to to kind of bridge to Moorhead, I think that's what you do right there. So that's my answer. I think it's going to – if I was a betting man, I would say Emmett Moorhead next year. But you know what? I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they grabbed – if they maybe thought about a transfer if Dracovic is not there either. Now, in a moment, I'm going to go continuing on our quest to answer questions uh, that you all have for me. But before we do that, from – cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED, and you can get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's free money there, folks. Can't beat that. So next, claim an offer for whenever you're buying an, an upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside unit users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have four point eight star rating on the App Store tells you what they have right there. So download the free upside app and use promo code lock to get $5 or more cash on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKS. AJ black here locked on BC. And we are talking about uh, the, the mailbag questions you all had. And I thought you guys had some really great uh, questions that you wanted answered. And you know, a lot of it was built on frustration and I totally get that, right? Like it, there, it, this is a very, very frustrating time for BC fans as, you know, you had that feeling a couple of years ago that Jeff Halfway was going to be the answer to your uh, coaching worries. And now you're seeing like, okay, maybe there's, there's some bigger issues here that BC has yet to address. Now on Facebook, and I can't find this person's name because I did not write it down. They wanted to ask what coaching changes. I think this was uh DJ. Uh, I don't just use his last first name. DJ asked uh, what coaching changes do I see Halfley making this off season? Now, I don't know if Halfley will do anything. And I know that's going to frustrate some folks because, you know, he just, he just changed up the entire offensive uh, you know, coaching staff. Like he just hired McNulty, Savon Higgins, Googs, um, you know, Daryl Wyatt. And I know he's very high on these guys. So to say that he's just going to pull the plug on them would be a big surprise to me. The defensive side of the ball, kind of the same thing. I mean, does AAR leave? Does he, It does he decide that maybe this is the year that he goes to greener pastures? Could be. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, right? Like, when a team is struggling like this and maybe another bigger school sees how he recruits in Maryland, they go after him. But, I mean, like, like look at what he's bringing in from Maryland. And this is not, not a dig. Like, he's, he's done really well with getting a lot of, like, good solid three. Is a force, is, is a blue star program going to look at Azar Abdul Rahim and go, oh, yeah, we definitely got to get him? Like, what has he done? Like, he hasn't done anything, like, super, um, you know, out of, out of control here for BC. It's, like, kind of, like, fits right in. So, I don't think he's as attractive as people think he is. Um, he may be, but I, I'm not sure. I don't think he is. So, my answer is the picture of the guy on the board right now, Dave Guglielmo. And then this is a two-part answer, right? Because the offensive line, as we all see, is a complete mess it's still a mess and there's no answer to um w- you know who do you put out there to fix this there's no um so as dj dj did ask this yeah um do you, do you what do you do to um you know bring in different guys it doesn't seem like there's an answer there and I, you know if there's going to be a sacrificial lamb to fall on the sword for this season i got to go with googs i have to right like you know, he's a guy with a lot of experience that you ex- we were hoping would fix the things that were going on uh, with this program. And he hasn't done that. Like it's so bad that it seems like it's gone in reverse. And like as much as sometimes we were frustrated with the offensive line last year, you'd kill for what you had last year, right? You'd kill the house on Johnson, even like Tyler Vrabel messing up a little bit here and there. You would, you'd want that back. So to me, I think Googs is going to be the answer, and I think it's a two-part thing, right? So, first of all, it's the struggles of the offensive line. Second of all, Googs, I don't think has been at one place for more than a year his entire career, and maybe that's maybe um, you know waxing a little bit with the hyperbole here, but he's a guy that doesn't stay stay around very often, and I think he's a guy that you know maybe he just decides to move on and he, to the next thing that's that's attractive for him, and I know a lot of folks have you. Uh, out there have, have, brought it up, but you know, his replacements probably on the staff right now. And that's Chris knee, former offensive lineman for BC. Like you have to imagine he's eventually going to take over that role. So I think, um I think we're going to see that kind of come up, you know, this off season, it wouldn't surprise me if, um if nothing happens, but you know, I, I don't know. So, That that's, that's my, my answer to that. So Bruins BC skiing and family asked me, why do I continue to purchase season tickets year after year? Even though I have said never again, after 90% of the seasons, I mean, should I try getting kicked in the balls to see if I like it? It's a thing seems similar. Should I give it a go guys? Being a Boston college fan is a, uh, a labor of love and it's something that's not easy to do. And yeah, it is. It does feel like that. And when you see your friends and family that don't understand and they're like, why are you following this team? And they're terrible. Um, you get, the, you, you you look at yourself long and hard in the mirror and say, why do I continue doing this? I get that. I have many friends that, you know, still do this and still pay to tailgate and they buy their season tickets. It's, it's a commitment, man. And, and I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it's been a tough season for you. I feel like BC fans are due Something and maybe Earl Grant will give it to you. Maybe we'll, that'll be the positive thing this season, right? The Sickos will have their uh, their basketball program back and and they'll be competitive. So thank you, Bruins BC Skiing and Family. Dirk Callas, um, should Bowery and Hess start uh, – Someone else on offensive line, I don't know what RS is. Why why play Nick Thompson, Thomas and Conley when they both look hopeless? Yeah, um, I've been wondering the same thing. And we saw Bowery come in against um, Florida State in garbage time. He looked fine, but again, that was against, um, you know, light boxes. They weren't really pushing him all that much. But I, I, I it, this is the biggest, like, conundrum I have about BC's offensive line, right? You know, Halfley does his job as a coach to really prop up Nick Thomas, and to Nick Thomas's defense, he his PFF score has gone up every week. So, you know, it's still bad, but it's going in the right direction, I guess. But I, I think everyone asks the same question, and and I and I ponder the same thing myself. Like, this poor kid is out there getting knocked on his butt throughout the entire game for the first four games. And they're still throwing him out there over some other kids that were highly touted recruits who aren't walk-ons who I, I believe Nick Thomas was on the other side of the ball when he was, when he walked on, how are those guys, how are, how are Otto Hess and Jude Bowery not Bowery not ready enough compared to Thomas? I, I don't, I don't get it. And I, and I, you know what? I don't think we're going to get an answer there because as i've said all along like i think Trap- Trapillo had 26 snaps um in in last week's game and they're going to continue to ask you know ratchet that up but you know you have that happen that should probably eliminate thomas from the from playing thomas will be on the bench and then the jack conley question i don't know what he's done that's really you know, impress the coaching staff. Maybe it's just, they don't have any tackles ready, which is again, a a whole thing on the coaching staff that they weren't ready for that. But you know, if, if mahogany gets ready, you know, whatever you have to do to get, you know, get your top five guys out there. I have to imagine Conley is, is going to see the bench at some point because he is a guy, he's been around forever and you don't want to rip on a kid. He's just struggled so much. Like he has just struggled so much and it's been really, ups- it's really disappointing to see that he hasn't progressed at all, like seemingly at all from what we saw last year, where he looked like he was on skates. Um, And I saw, you know, googly Elmo during the, the Florida staking getting really into uh, the left side of that, that offensive line. So, you know, I, I have to imagine, I don't, you know, will they make a move on those guys like to put someone else in? I don't know. I think Halfley's loyalty to some of his players sometimes is blinding, and I I worry that's a big issue coming forward. But that's where we're at. All right. In a moment, we're going to wrap up our mailbag. You, I have more questions that you guys brought up, and more comments that you'll enjoy, and uh, we'll bring that all back in just a moment. This is Locked On BC, AJ Black. We are your first listen every morning. And if you are one of our first listens, I want to thank each and every one of you. And if you haven't done so already, I want you to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, It is Locked On Boston College. If you're not on YouTube yet, just sign up. It takes 10 seconds. Uh, You get great uh, conversations with other BC fans. We're going to do special episodes after each game that I can get to. Uh, and we'll, you know, once we hit recruiting season, I will be doing special episodes, uh, and annou- when kids are announcing. So this will be something fun that you can be part of here on locked on BC. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. All right. Next question for us. Someone wanted to ask, and, um, <laughs> it's one of the sickos. I forget which one it is. I think it's, um, uh, the, 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 the basketball, The uh, basketball hot takes want to know if Phil Dracovic is the most overrated BC player of all time. Um, I I would say that this season has been Phil Dracovic being one of the most overrated players of, of all time, because I mean, gosh, and, and I, I will eat, I will eat crow for this. I was definitely hyped up that he would be. And I think most people were, you know, media and fans, you know, that he was going to be a contender for one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. And he, as I said earlier is last, he's dead last. And he looks, he looks overwhelmed at times. And Mitch, I think brings up a great point of the way he looks at it. Like Dracovic goes out there to try to be the hero every week. And he's shooting himself in the foot because he's trying to do so much. And he's making bad throws. He's, you know, forcing things where he shouldn't be forcing things. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say this is going to be, you know, I don't want to call him overrated, but I'll say this is one of the most disappointing personal seasons I've seen out of a BC player in a long time. Uh, and I, I think that is absolutely fair to say that um, because it's, it, I mean, you, the, the results are showing it for itself, right? Like you're just seeing it. All right, we're going to continue down that trail because um, I got a question asking me from Hoya Eagle, who's a great fan of our show. Shout out to Hoya. He said, I already bought tickets to the Clemson game. How can I enjoy this game outside of booze? Well, you know, I I go with what my dad always tells me, right? I I sat through some really bad BC games against some really good teams. And he always said, I just enjoy watching good defense, good players playing against them. Well, you get to see a defense against BC and, you know, with, with Brian Brisey and miles Murphy and, and all those guys on that defense, they're gonna they're gonna do some things, and yeah, it's your school getting the receiving in, but you're gonna see a special defense. I guess I guess that's one way of looking at it. It's one way to get through it. Um, I apologize. I've had a cold all week, and I've been hitting the mute button so you don't have to listen to me cough. But um, the other piece with this game is like, um, you know, it's the red bandana game. That's, that's special in itself. And, and like, even if Clemson goes out there and wins 55 to seven or some obscene, you know, they get to wear the the red bandana jerseys. they will do all the special red bandana stuff. I guess that's a positive that you could have too. Is like, it's got that special BC moment. And I've I've been there when there were bad red bandana games. I think the one last one I went to was Clemson. I think I remember I had to fly out to Chicago the next day and that was, the one where Deshaun Watson absolutely torched BC for I forget it was like 50 points too. So it's it's been there. So that that's kind of our my thoughts on this. Um so I'm in here uh this year is over I know Halfley thinks he he owes Jay and Jerk and Zay and hopes to keep their draft stock. That being said, other than that reason, why are we not getting the underclassmen into play before mid mid fourth quarter? Halfley kind of talked about that and I kind of agree with him. And Mitch brought it up on yesterday's episode. Like, you know, you want to put the younger guys in positions where they can succeed. It doesn't help the young guys grow if they go out there and get crushed. So when Florida State was playing, you know, full tilt and you don't want to throw your young defenders out there to be part of that massacre basically. Right. So you have to, you have to balance it a little bit. Um, I do agree with you. I think they need to get them out there more often. And I still think like if Jakovic is going to, if he continues to, to really put too much on himself and, and and struggle um, you know, he's going to be a guy that you're gonna, you got to think about Morehead more often. And I'm not ready to bench Dracovic yet because I think he is better than Morehead. But, you know, if he's gonna really get, you know, if he's gonna continue to spiral, you gotta hit the eject button faster in, in some of these games. All right. Tex, not because of Texas, asks, regardless of halfway status heading into the next season, is it wrong to think the 2023 recruiting class will be jumping ship? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, you know, if you had and I've said this on the podcast before, but if you have had some guys that were down to a couple schools, so a few and I'll get to them in a second that I think maybe you might watch on watch for. But I don't see like a, a vast majority of this class jumping ship. I think you could see someone like, you know, the St. Francis Academy kids, you know, those are kids like Darrell Robinson was, you know, 51 percent leaning towards B.C., 49 percent towards um towards Virginia Tech. Now, he's a guy that he took a month and a half to, to 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 actually acknowledge that he uh committed. He could be someone to watch. Uh Brian Sims, I'm you know, he's been committed for a while. He just got an offer from Cincinnati. Could he be someone to watch? So there's a few there, but I you know, I think the the BC fans are expecting like this like whirlwind of like 13 decommitments out of 20. It's not that's not going to happen. I don't I don't see that happening right now. And that's because, you know, half the reason these kids are committing to BC is they they're buying into Jeff Halfley's vision. Whether you agree with it or not, it's what the kids think. And I see the 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 message still resonating. Like he's selling to these kids, like, you know, we're building something that's gonna take a year or two to build. You can come be part of that as we figure out how to get there. I think they they, they like that, you know. In they're an ACC program. He's a NFL coach again. That's something that these kids. He that doesn't matter if they win or lose. They they like Halfley and his staff have NFL experience. They all bring it up. So I don't I don't expect it. I think you may see a few, but like it'll be kind of like a normal year, maybe with a one or two extra. Uh, but I, I haven't heard any buzz of it yet. So we'll have to wait and see. All right, this is AJ Black. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, we'll get start getting ready for the Louisville game. I'll start giving you my opening thoughts. Hopefully, we'll be on with Locked on uh, Louisville later this week. Um, I'm sure I'll probably talk to Matt McGavick at some point as well. I'll, I'll let you know about that. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back again soon. Have a great one, and make sure you hit that subscribe button right now. Take care, everyone.